Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Kevin Connors again for another Holistic Health Hour, um, answering your questions that you send in. And um, so please, if you have any questions, uh, address those and get those in. If we can't get them today, we'll get them next week on our Holistic Health Hour. Just a plug, uh, look at our YouTube channel too, Connors Clinic, C-O-N-N-E-R-S Clinic YouTube channel. Also, you can find our YouTube channel, Facebook page, all that on our website, uh, connersclinic.com, C-O-N-N-E-R-S clinic.com. Check those out. We have hundreds, um, I don't know, maybe four or 500 videos on different subjects that may be helpful and something that you're looking at. So we had some questions coming on thyroid, thyroid and cancer. I want to address those first because I think there's some misunderstanding with that, that, um, that maybe your naturopath or functional doctor or your medical doctor isn't um, fully understanding um, when it comes to cancer and autoimmune thyroid especially. So your thyroid gland, first of all, does your thyroid gland having a low thyroid hypothyroidism play into a cause of cancer? The answer, my belief, probably not, not really at all. Is having low thyroid during, uh, when a person has cancer, let's say it's not a thyroid cancer, um, ha but a person has hypothyroidism, does that affect their healing? Um, thyroid isn't particularly, um, particularly connected to um, production of immune cells. So in that sense, it doesn't directly affect your healing or reduce your healing if you have low thyroid when you're trying to deal with um, uh, fighting off a cancer. Um, but uh, it's certainly going to cause fatigue. It could cause constipation issues and other problems that can indirectly be a, uh, a big issue with cancer. So you want to make sure you're taking your thyroid medication. If you're on medication for uh, hypothyroid at all, uh, or your supplementation while you're dealing with cancer, you want to make sure you keep that up. But one uh, question I want to address is because I see this often, people that have Hashimoto. So understand there's primary hypothyroidism, meaning the person has decreased thyroid production but doesn't have any thyroid antibodies production. There's a difference. So primary hypothyroidism is typically treated with medication, um, which is uh, supplements the thyroid uh, uh, hormone itself. So it's typically a T4 or a T3 or a combination of that medication. So your thyroid releases T4 and T3, mainly T4, and then T4 is, is, is converted to T3, which is the active thyroid hormone in the liver and in the gut. Um, so primary hypothyroidism, person should continue on their medication and should continue to get that monitored because if they're doing cancer therapy, or if they're doing chemotherapy or immunotherapy, it can throw off your thyroid hormone and you should make sure that you're getting that monitored. Side note on that is when you're getting your thyroid test done, many doctors will only do TSH or do TSH, T4, and T3. You really want to go to an expanded profile and get free T4, free T3, reverse T3, because reverse T3 is an element of the thyroid that is often neglected. So reverse T3 is T4 that gets converted into this 
inactive and never can be active form of T3 called reverse T3. So you could have normal T4, but high reverse T3, that means that's an issue with the gut and liver that you want to address, and that could be causing your low thyroid symptoms. So make sure you're getting T4, T3, free T4, free T3, reverse T3, also TSH, that's never usually skipped, but also your thyroid antibodies tested. When people get their thyroid antibodies tested and they're elevated, that's a sign that they have what's called Hashimoto's. They have an autoimmune attack on the thyroid gland. Um, that could happen. Does that tie into cancer anyway? No, not really. However, people that, that are treating themselves with natural approaches um, for cancer are always using immune stimulants. I mean, that's what you're going to do from a, from a nutraceutical approach to treat cancer. You're going to be using immune stimulants. So mushrooms and vitamin C and, and uh, echinacea and all these immune herbs that a person would use to treat cancer, they're immune stimulants. Now, they are going to have an effect on your thyroid gland uh, because if you have Hashimoto's, meaning that's you're already producing antibodies to your thyroid gland, and you're taking a bunch of immune stimulants, you're going to do, have more attack on your thyroid gland because when you're stimulating your immune system, you're going to kill that which you have antibodies against first. And if you have thyroid antibodies, you're going to have more damage to your thyroid gland. Well, that's a bad thing. Well, yeah, that's not a good thing, but killing the cancer is more important than your thyroid gland right now. So you do want to get your thyroid gland checked. Now, I've had patients come in where they were concerned because their thyroid antibodies went you know, through the roof. It was at 150, which is high. Then it went up to 1,300 during their cancer treatment. Well, yes, it will go high if you're taking a bunch of immune stimulants, which you have to do to help your body kill the cancer because you're trying to stimulate T-cell, stimulate macrophages, stimulate your lymphocyte production so that you can help kill the cancer. Well, then you're going to do more damage to the thyroid. So that is just a given. But you don't increase your supplementation or increase your thyroid medication based upon the level of your antibodies. You increase or decrease you, you balance the thyroid medication based upon your level of free T3 and free T4. Not TSH, not reverse T3. That gives us an indication of gut and, and liver health. But we balance your thyroid medication, and your doctor should be balancing your thyroid medication. If your T3 is, is normal, your T4 is normal, but your thyroid antibody is excessively high, that doesn't say that that doesn't mean you should increase your medication. That means, okay, what is stimulating this thyroid antibody spike? Well, hello, you're taking a whole bunch of immune stimulants. Um, so if you have antibodies to anything, so this has to do with any autoimmune disease, not just thyroid, but if you have any autoimmune disease and you're taking a bunch of immune stimulants, you're going to spike antibodies. Um, that's just the nature of the beast. When you're trying to kill cancer, cancer trumps your autoimmune disease. So you might have to do some other natural approaches to calm that, that tissue. Now, if your thyroid, thyroid 
T3 and T4 is within normal range and your antibodies are high, well, no harm, no foul there. Yeah, you're going to have some damage, but your thyroid is keeping up, so I wouldn't worry about it. Now, if you have colitis, ulcerative colitis, dealing with that and cancer, and you have excess bleeding, well, there's some natural approaches you need to do to address that. So um, that's a, just a word on if you're using a natural approach to treat cancer, i.e. immune stimulation, you will quite possibly have a spike in antibodies if you have an autoimmune disease of any other kind. So just be aware of that. And that's just something that we're just going to have to deal with because dealing with the cancer and killing the cancer trumps the autoimmune response. So just that's just a word on that because I think there's some confusion that takes place with that. Uh, another question came in with heavy metal toxicity um, as a cause of cancer. Now, I did write a blog on this just a few weeks ago, so um, please go back to connorsclinic.com and look for heavy metal toxicity with cancer because um, just some good information, I think, on how the mechanism of this functions. I'll explain it briefly here. So heavy metal toxicity is an issue because there's heavy metals in pesticides and herbicides. There's heavy metals in all sorts of chemicals that we're using that aren't supposed to be consumed, but um, we get them into our system. They're in our drinking water. They're in our, um, our food industry and we're exposed to a greater degree of heavy metals and chemicals. That's a whole other story. Um, but heavy metal toxicity is an issue um, in a lot of things. Heavy metal toxicity can cause damage to our gut, can cause damage to our brain for sure, can cause damage to a lot of things. But as far as being a particular player in cancer, the mechanism hasn't really been known till just more recently. There's been some hypotheses that have come out. One of the hypotheses is that heavy metals, especially very small particleized heavy metals, nano heavy metals, unfortunately, those are what are in um, our vaccines, nano-sized aluminum, and the vaccine industry has said, well, you don't have to worry about the heavy metals that are in vaccines because they're just really small particles. Well, it's actually the smaller the particle, the bigger the problem because small nanoized heavy metals can be picked up more readily by our immune system. So we have T cells that we've talked about. We have lymphocytes that we've talked about. One immune cell that we talk about a lot are macrophages. And you've probably seen in biology class macrophages attacking uh, a bacteria or an amoeba and they literally engulf it and surround it and gobble it up and digest this, this bad guy. So pathogens are, are, are um, attract macrophages. Macrophages come to the site, attack that pathogen and absorb it. That's called phagocytosis. Um, you remember that from high school biology class. The problem with small particle uh, chemicals like uh, nano aluminum is that macrophages try to engulf it as well to try to get it out of the body. Well, uh, macrophages in your immune system don't escort things to the gut to drop it in the gut so that you deposit it in the toilet. The immune system 
tries to kill things. It only kills things. It doesn't help you detox. So it detoxes pathogens, living organisms, but what does it do with heavy metals and such? Well, typically, larger heavy metals and larger chemicals, it leaves them alone. Those circulate through your bloodstream, go through your liver detox pathways, and then hopefully get dumped into your small intestine and get dumped into the toilet. However, the small particled aluminum, like you would get in a vaccine, unfortunately, can get engulfed by macrophages. And then are they going to get phagocytized? Are they going to get digested? No, they're metals. They're not going to get digested. They're basically piggybacking inside a macrophage. So this macrophage is circulating through your body with these small little heavy metal pieces in it. Can that affect the way a macrophage functions and can, can that negatively affect the way the ability of a macrophage to kill other pathogens? Quite possibly. But the story gets worse. How do macrophages go to a site? So if I have a, a, a damaged uh, an injury, let's say I get a head trauma. So if I get a head trauma, I'm uh, um, sledding down the hill in wintry Minnesota and I bang my head against a stump going down the hill and I'm fine, no major concussion or anything like that. I just got a sore bump on my head. But what happens is my body will give off those cells that were injured in any injured site will give off these chemicals called cytokines. Cytokines are signaling molecules, are basically like a siren, you could say, that are like, we need help, we need help, we need help, we need help, and it calls in my immune response. Why? Because I need an immune response and an injury to kill any pathogens that could have, injured, could have entered. If there was a cut or something like that where pathogens could have entered, we needed an immune response there. We need a police siren calling an immune response there to help, to help save that area and kill any pathogens. So these chemicals are released and it calls in T cells and macrophages. So macrophages come to the area, but what if we have a macrophages with a lot of uh, heavy metals piggybacked inside of them. So those macrophages come to the area to try to kill any pathogens that are present, and it can spill out these nanoized aluminum particles into the area of damaged tissue that could then cause problems to that damaged tissue. So as I said, it gets worse. You get aluminum that piggybacks macrophages, and macrophages are called to damaged tissue. So now macrophages called to damaged tissue with piggybacked aluminum can dump that aluminum to the damaged tissue, and that's where the aluminum can affect that damaged tissue. That's how it can cause a problem. Well, then how does the aluminum cause a problem in the cell itself? Well, the, especially the smaller particled aluminum can attach to receptors in the, on the cell membrane. So you have these cells with thousands of membranes, this membrane with thousands of receptors that are very specific for certain specific purposes. Then you have aluminum attaching to these receptors with blocking that purpose of that receptor. So let's use breast cancer as an example. You've heard of estrogen uh, positive and progesterone positive. Those are estrogen receptor positive, progesterone receptive po receptor positive breast cancers. What does that mean? That means things 
Typically, we're talking about bad estrogens attaching to those receptors, not allowing those receptors to work. Well, those receptors are apoptotic receptors. Not to get too technical, but apoptosis is how a cell goes through normal programmed cell death. So if that receptor is blocked, that cell doesn't go to normal programmed cell death. It doesn't go through apoptosis, and that cell can stay alive and continue to replicate. That's called cancer. So ER positive, PR positive cancers are receptor positive cancers, meaning bad estrogens attached to those receptors, but now we're finding that other things can attach to those receptors, not just bad estrogens, things like aluminum, piggybacked on macrophages, going to an injured cell. That's why some people could get breast cancer after, oh my goodness, I got hit with a broom in that spot three years ago, and now they have breast cancer in that spot. An injury, a post-injury cancer site. So one of the mechanisms of post-injury cancers, whether it's brain cancer or breast cancer or something else, is heavy metals piggybacked on macrophages that went to that site during that injury now are attaching to receptors causing uh, blockage of, of, of uh, apoptosis taking place. And if those heavy metals go inside the cell, they can disrupt replication cycles and be a, a primary cause of cancer because they're disrupting replication cycles and that cell is going through rapid replication. So interesting stuff about heavy metals. So you think, wow, should every cancer patient do heavy metal detox? Well, certainly every cancer patient should address this and make sure that they have healthy detox pathways. That's one of the reasons why we do a whole genetic profile to make sure that you, even if you do get it out of the tissue, you can get it out of the body because it has to go through the liver and then into the toilet. So you have to have healthy detox pathways. I would refer you to that article that I wrote on the blog, and I'd refer you to our uh, seven phases of detox article on the blog too, because that helps you really understand our concept of, of uh, a greater picture of how you detox something out of your body in the first place. Um, you have to be you know, having bowel movements on a regular basis. You have to be uh, hanging on to stuff in the colon and not reabsorbing it. That's a huge thing with estrogens. You have to be able to uh, have healthy bile flow um, through your gallbladder, a healthy gallbladder. You have to have healthy liver through phase one and phase two and phase 2.5 and three detoxification through your liver. And then you have to pull it out of the tissue. So you don't want to be doing chelation, pulling it out of the tissues, unless you know that those other six phases of detoxification are open and healthy as well. And you're constantly working on that. It's not something that, oh, I just did this detox for a week and now I'm good. It's If you're not detoxing on an hourly basis, you're going to die. So you, you're constantly supporting detoxification pathways. And that's a benefit of looking at your genetics for detox pathways because you can see, wow, I really have a problem with my POD1 pathway or my cytochrome P450 pathway or whatever, and how can I support that um, nutritionally, dietarily, some other therapies and such. So uh, I wanted to address that's a lot of content there. I apologize. Please go back to the blog and look at that because um, fascinating stuff gives us another picture of causes of cancer. Um, and things that a cancer person should be looking at and addressing 
and dealing with because it can really help the healing process um, and uh, help your body kill the cancer. Uh, especially, it's just so interesting if, you know, macrophages got all these heavy metals piggybacking and they're going to be less effective in, in killing pathogens, but they're also going to be less effective in killing cancer cells, and we don't want that to happen. Okay, so we're running out of time here, so questions that, sorry, it took a little long on that question, but that was important to me. Uh, questions that you have, please um, submit those to us and we'll get those um, out. And I actually addressed some questions that you had from the last one uh, since we had a little space between our uh, uh, health hours here on blog posts. So look at our blog posts. I try to continue to give information on that as well and keep you up to date on any new research that we find with treating and helping people with cancer and all sorts of different problems. All right, thank you very much.